Okay, well, let's get started here. Uh, I want us to go to uh, Matthew chapter uh, 24 here first. And, uh, oh, we're actually going to look at Noah today. I mean, and, uh, oh, oh, it's so funny because, you know, a lot of people, uh, not everybody, I mean, not even the majority of them, uh, the majority of them, at least that's what the statistics say, uh, they still believe there was a dead burn flood, <laughs> you know, and it was Noah. <laughs> anyway, over 300 civilizations, to you look this up, there are 300 civilizations today have record back, their civilization goes back to a flood. Sounds to me like uh, they believe there was a flood. But anyway, uh, let's start here in uh, Matthew chapter 24, and I'm going to start here in verse 37, 38. Uh, the world will be at ease, banquets and parties and weddings. This is Jesus talking. He's actually talking about the end, end of time, you know. Uh, just as it was in Noah's time before the sudden coming of the flood. People wouldn't believe what was going to happen until the flood actually arrived and took them all away. So shall my coming be. Well, Jesus is basing his return on an event that never happened. <laughs> no, it did happen. Jesus was there. <laughs> I mean, Jesus is God. We know. Okay, now, First Peter. If you go to First Peter, and let's go to chapter 3 here. And in First Peter chapter 3, he actually mentions it again in the fourth chapter, but we'll just take it uh, in First Peter chapter 3. Now, we're jumping in this just to get a point out of this. There's a lot of good details in here about what he was actually talking about. But when he references this, I guess he was referencing a fable, wasn't he? No, he wasn't. Look at this. This is Peter. Remember this? You know, upon this rock, I'll build my church. You know, Peter, you're going to be called, you know, the rock. Okay, whatever. <laughs> wow. And Peter was the one, oh, I'll never deny you. But he denied him three times. This is that Peter. Okay. So First Peter uh, chapter 3 and verse 19. It was in the spirit that he visited the spirits in, pri in prison and preached to them. Spirits of those who long ago in the days of Noah had refused to listen to God, though he had patiently uh, they, though he waited patiently for them while Noah was building the ark. Yet eight persons were saved uh, from drowning in that terrible flood. Wow. Again, it's just a fable. <laughs> no, it's not. You go outside, go look, go up on any mountain you want to, you'll find seashells. Oh my goodness, something happened. Fossils are not just dead things out there. A catastrophe hit. Mm, my goodness. Uh, anyway, so uh, you got to have pressure and heat and whatever, and a flood would do that. Wow. Anyway, okay, so let's go back to where this all took place, and let's go to Genesis chapter, I want to go to Genesis chapter 6. Anyway, just one more thing about uh, fossils. You can go look this up for yourself. It's called the for the fossilized Texas boot. Oh, uh, yeah, they found a boot. Uh, I mean, a leather boot with a bone in it. Apparently somebody broke their leg or whatever, but it was totally fossilized. Well, no, it takes millions of years. Well, <laughs> uh, this boot wasn't millions of years old, probably somewhere in the 30s. It could have been the 40s, but even if it was another 50 years beyond that, how do you get a fossil? You, we, we can make fossils. It takes pressure, heat, and water. You know, it doesn't take millions of years. Oh, the petrified forest. Yeah, petrified forest is just like Mount St. Helens. We got petrified wood up there, and that happened when that earth, whatever, when that volcano ripped through that uh, side of that mountain in only about three hours, created a canyon just like the Grand Canyon. Matter of fact, it's called Little Canyon. Uh, Little Grand Canyon, that is. But anyway, uh, 
petrified wood's not something. And you, you, you know, they'll get you to try to. They'll, they'll get you to believe anything they can. Oh, it takes millions and millions of years. Nah, our sun wouldn't be able to exist that long. There's so much evidence out there that shows that, oh, this place is not that old. Okay, so anyway, Jesus has got his neck out there. Peter's got his neck out there as though Noah took place. Let's go back and read the story in Genesis. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. Now, a population explosion took place about upon the earth. It was about this time that beings from the spirit world, spirit world look, looked upon the beautiful earth women and took uh, any they desired to be their wives. I don't understand that. Well, you don't have to understand too much of it, but, you know, there's angels. You know, just because you can't see them doesn't mean they're there. In the scriptures, we find out they show up and they <laughs> they look pretty, they're pretty tall. They're, uh, you know, glowing and whatever. And so anyway, <clears throat> uh, so look, look what happened here. But anyway, then Jehovah said, my spirit must not forever be wholly disgraced in man, wholly evil as uh, he is. I'll give him 120 years to mend his way. So God was saying, I'm going to give him a chance here, straighten their life out. Verse four, in those days and even afterwards, when the evil beings from the spirit world were sexually involved with human women, their uh, children became giants of whom so many legends are told. Wow, look at that. Okay, anyway, when the Lord saw the extent of human wickedness and that the trend and direction of men's lives were only toward evil, he was sorry he had made them. It broke his heart. Of course, this is a fairy tale. This has just got a spiritual point for all of us. No, there's not much of a spiritual point here. What do you want to do? Just get rid of people that are bad, you know? Yeah, that's what we do, you know? And big old mean bad flood, you know? No, this took place. This actually happened if you count the years and stuff. Matter of fact, the last verse of the previous chapter said Noah was 500 years old and had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the verse above it was talking about who his daddy was, you know? And Lamech lived 595 years, you know, producing sons and daughters and uh, uh, died at the age of uh, 777. Wow, big old long list there. Methuselah was a, a few verses prior to that, all the way back to the first verse, which uh, references Adam, how long he lived. You can count those years up, and it's around 1,500 years since creation. You can look at the uh, uh, population tables and figure out based on uh, Adam and Eve and how many kids and whatever. You know, let's say they had five boys and five girls. You know, okay, well, then that's the, they had 10, didn't they? Okay, then each one of these five, you could say each one of those, because uh, there's going to be five couples, let's say those five couples had 10 more. And I mean, it it gets, you're in the 10,000s by the time, you know, uh, Adam just had grandkids, great-grandkids. Anyway, he goes quick. Anyway, doesn't take long. Raise rabbits. You can figure this out yourself. <clears throat> Okay, but anyway, back to this. So let's see, back to 6th chapter Genesis and uh, uh, verse 6. He was sorry he made them, it broke his heart. Hmm. And he said, I will blot out from the face of the earth all mankind that I've created. Yes, the animals too and the reptiles and the birds, for I'm sorry I made them. Well, isn't it crazy? God's taking credit for doing something he didn't do. No, he did do that. <laughs> I mean, you might as well throw your Bible away if you think evolution created everything and or you think God used evolution. No, listen, the laws of thermodynamics, everything tends toward ruin. See, it wasn't toward ruin when God created the heavens and the earth. It was perfect and all that was, it was good, it was good, it was good. It didn't get bad until Adam disobeyed the Lord. That's when it went downhill. You know, uh, <laughs> It, things just don't automatically turn into a brand new BMW. No, it takes effort. It takes work to do something like that. It's just spontaneous. There's no way. Individual cells in your body are so complex. They're more, they're more complex than the entire space shuttle. One tiny cell in your body. Hmm. 
intelligent design. It's not a mishap. Anyway, so anyway, so he said, I'm sorry I made them. Verse 8, but Noah was a pleasure to the Lord. Here's the story of Noah. Oh, the fairy tale. No, here's the story. This is what happened. Okay, here's what happened. Verse 9, he was uh, the only truly righteous man living on the earth at that time. He tried always to conduct his affairs according to God's will, and he had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Meanwhile, the crime rate was rising rapidly across the earth, and as seen by God, the world was rotten to the core. Now, if you remember, just we're in chapter 6 here, but if you just... You double this, chapter 12, doesn't take long, drink a couple of, cup, couple of cups of coffee in the morning, you'd be there easily. Just small reading. This goes by fast. This chapter is only 22 verses. You know, the, the hardest thing you'll ever take time to read is going to be your Bible. You can read everything else. You can read magazines, cover to cover, whatever, but you're going to find something strange. Why is it difficult for me to find time to read my Bible? Because there's forces out there that don't want you to read this scripture. You know, uh, wow, powers of darkness, whatever. They don't want you finding out the truth, setting you free. But I tell you what, you do take time to read your Bible. All of a sudden, you got the powers of light on your side. You got God on your side. Everything you do will prosper. It just pays to read the Bible. All right, here we go. Let's keep going. So anyway, the whole world was rotten to the core. And observed, uh, and it says, God observed how bad it was. Oh, I was going to make a point here uh, that crime was running rampant here across the world. You know, and, and, but anyway, remember when the Lord came down concerning Sodom and Gomorrah? This was in uh, this Genesis chapter chapter 19. He came down to visit Abraham and said, hey, Sarah's going to have a, have a child. His name's going to be Isaac. Remember, Sarah laughed. Well, right before the Lord left him, he said, hey, shall I hide what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell Abraham. So he tells Abraham, hey, I've got to go over here to Sodom and Gomorrah, and i got to check this place place out. If it's as bad as it's going to be, then uh-oh. Remember, that's when Abraham said, hey, you won't destroy the righteous with the wicked, will you? If there's 50 there, remember 40, 30, 20, 10, you know, that's when Abraham said, well, I've gone far enough. <laughs> Surely there's 10 righteous in there. So anyway, that's similar to what's going on here. Okay, except this was a flood. Okay, verse 13. As God observed how bad it was and saw that all mankind was vicious and depraved, he said to Noah, I've decided to destroy all mankind. For the earth is filled with crime because of man. Yes, I will destroy mankind from the earth. Make a boat from resinous wood, sealing it with tar, and construct decks and stalls throughout the ship. Make it 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. Fairy tale, fairy tale, fairy tale. No, it's not. You know, they got one of these on display in Kentucky. Wow, on the side of the interstate right there, the Creation Museum. But you, we don't have to have Creation Museum. We just take God's word for it. But if you want to get a visual of this, think about what he just said. 450 feet long. Well, how long is that? Well, 300 feet's a football field, 100 yards. Add another 150, well, then it's, okay, that's a football field and a half, isn't it? Wow. Okay, anyway, 75 feet wide. Hmm, well, that's about, the, well, you can figure what that is. Oh, uh, that's uh, 25 yards. That's how wide it is. Can you even throw a rock 25 yards? <laughs> Depending on how old you are. And look at this, 45 feet high. Whoa, that's big. That's about like two telephone poles high, even higher. Hmm, construct a skylight uh, all the way around the ship, 18 inches below the roof, and make three decks inside the boat, bottom, middle, and upper deck, and put a door in the side. Look, I'm going to cover the earth with a flood and destroy every living being, everything in which there is the breath of life, all will die. But I promise to keep you safe in the ship with your wife and your sons and their wives. Well, you know, you, 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 you never know what's going to happen. I mean, these guys just got lucky, you know. No, they didn't. The Lord told them how to do this. The Lord said he'd keep them safe. He did it. Did you know he told you he'd keep you safe too? 
Anyway, bring a pair of every animal, a male and female, into the boat with you to keep them alive through the flood. Bring in a pair of each kind of animal and bird, a bird and animal and reptile. Store away in the boat all the food that they and you will need. And Noah did everything as God commanded him. Wow, that's the end of chapter six. Now you don't stop reading and pick up reading next year. You keep going. The markers are just there to get us to where it is. Wouldn't it be strange if I said, well, somewhere in that first book of the Bible, you know, I mean, and even if we didn't break them up, we just had one giant text from front to back. Ah, Somewhere in there, about 10, 12 pages back, you know, a story of Noah's in there somewhere. No, thank God we got numbers. But don't slice your Bible up and read it 10 days later, a year later, just because you go, I'm finished with that chapter. No. Chapter 7, verse 1, finally, my English teacher would clobber me if I started a sentence with finally. No. Finally, the day came when Noah, when the Lord said to Noah, go into the boat with all your family for among all the people of the earth, I consider you alone to be righteous. Bring in the animals too, a pair of each, except those kinds I have chosen for eating and for sacrifice. Take seven pairs of each of them, seven pairs of every kind of bird. Thus, there will be every kind of life producing again after the flood has ended. Well, I mean, you know, Man, this stuff, this was a plan. Okay, one week from today, I will begin 40 days and nights of rain, and all the animals and birds and reptiles I have made will die. So Noah did everything the Lord had commanded him. He was a he was 600 years old when the flood came. Uh, now, if you, you, you know, you can figure this out and go, wait a minute, he's 600 years now. Wait a minute. At the end of chapter five, it says Noah was 500 years old, and he had three sons. Wow. We got another place where Moses, I mean, excuse me, where Noah, he preached for a hundred years. Wow. So he was telling everybody. But anyway, wow, look how it tracks. Okay, here we go. Verse seven, seven, verse seven. He boarded the boat with his wife and his sons and their wives to escape the flood. With him were all the various kinds of animals, those for eating and sacrifice and those that were not, and the birds and reptiles. They came into the boat in pairs, male and female, just as God commanded. One week later, when Noah was 600 years, two months, and 16 days old, the rain came down in mighty torrents from the sky, and the subterranean waters burst forth upon the earth for 40 days and nights. Now, in other words, it rained from above, and it also poured out the ground. I mean, you can do a little uh, geological work yourself and, uh, and figure some things out. Water came out from, I mean, if you're going to dig a well, where are you going to get a well from? You, do you just reach in the air? No, you dig a hole in the ground. There's water down there, okay? Anyway, all that stuff broke up down there. Okay, here we go. Verse 13, but Noah had gone into the boat that very day with his wife and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth and their wives. With them in the boat were pairs of every kind of animal, domestic and wild, reptiles and birds of every sort. Two by two they came, male and female, just as God had commanded. Then the Lord God closed the door and shut them in. For 40 days, the roaring flood prevailed, covering the ground and lifting the boat high above the earth. And as the water rose higher and higher above the ground, the boat floated safely upon it until finally the water covered all the high mountains under the whole heaven, standing 22 feet and more above the highest peaks. You know, you could, the highest mountain, Everest, go up on top of there. Guess what's up there? Oysters. Where'd they come from? Well, somebody put them up there. No, they didn't. 
<laughs> the whole earth was covered with a flood right here, 22 feet above the highest peaks. Anyway, all living things upon the earth perished, birds, domestic, wild animals, and reptiles, and all mankind. Everything that breathed upon the land, upon dry land, all existence on the earth was blotted out, man and animals alike, and reptiles and birds. God destroyed them all, leaving only Noah alive and those with him in the boat, and the water covered the earth 150 days. You know, we've got massive graveyards of of uh, dinosaurs and stuff. And they're all put together. What happened? Well, they're just covered up in a flood. I mean, uh, all kind of critters you find in sedimentary rock. They're just buried. What happened? A flood's the only thing you can come back to and get an answer. Oh, well, a meteorite. Right. Yeah, meteorite. Yeah, it did that. So the, the meteorite hit, and some of these were actually, they had in their mouth, they had what they were eating and whatever. I mean, not, something happened instantaneously. These guys were covered up. Anyway. Oh, let me, let me, let me. Let me play a little song here oh one i heard when i was a kid but you know and i and at the time i heard it i I just i knew there was a flood i was raised knowing there was always a flood about noah hold on a long time ago when the earth was green there was more kinds of animals than you've ever seen they'd run around free when the earth was being born the loveliest of them all was the unicorn. There was green alligators and long-necked geese, some humpty-backed camels and some chimpanzees. Some cats and rats and elephants were sure as you're born. The loveliest of all was the unicorn. Now God seen some sinning and it gave him pain. And he says, stand back, I'm going to make it rain. He says, hey, Brother Noah, I'll tell you what to do. Build me a floating zoo and take some of them green alligators and long-necked geese, some humpty-backed camels and some chimpanzees, some cats and rats and elephants, but sure as you're born, don't you forget my unicorn. Answer the call. He finished up making the ark just as the rain started falling. He marched in the animals two by two and he called out as they went through. Hey Lord, I got you green alligators and long necked geese, some humpty back camels and some chimpanzees, some cats and rats and elephants, but Lord, I'm so forlorn, I just can't see no unicorn. Then Noah looked out through the driving rain. Them unicorns were hiding, playing silly games, kicking and splashing while the rain was pouring. Oh, them silly unicorns. It was green alligators and long-necked geese, some humpty back camels and some chimpanzees. Noah cried, close the door, because the rain is pouring. And we just can't wait for no unicorn. The ark started moving, it drifted with the tides. Then unicorns looked up from the rocks and they cried. 
And the waters came down and sort of floated them away. And that's why you never seen a unicorn to this very day. You'll see green alligators and long-necked geese, some humpty-back cows and some chimpanzees, some cats and rats and elephants, but sure as you're born, you're never gonna see no Well, that's the unicorn song. I heard that, I think, when I was five or six years old, and I've, I've always remembered it, whatever. But, you know, I, I never even dreamed that people didn't believe in the flood of Noah. You know, I mean, I, I remember going to the doctor's office, and as a kid in the 60s, you sat there, and you didn't want to be there, and you were trying to read a book, waiting for mom saying, hey, you got to go in and see the doctor or whatever. But they always had those little Christian books, that big blue one there. And I remember at the very start of it, within the first couple of pages, they showed the story of the pictures of the flood, you know, and I'm like, oh, wow. Of course, and I heard it at church as well. But anyway, all right, so let's pick back up where we left off here. So anyway, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> it's funny, the, the Irish Rovers is who wrote that song, you know, but uh, wow, you know, I mean, why sing a song that is not, uh, hadn't got any uh, truth in the, in the foundation of it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, anyway, chapter eight here, verse one. God didn't forget about Noah and all the animals in the boat. He sent a wind to blow across the waters and the flood began to disappear. Now, see, if you didn't know it, some people think the flood of Noah, the story is just like, well, it's one little, few little verses. No, we're already in the third chapter. They're still on the boat. Okay, anyway. For the subterranean water, subterranean water sources ceased their gushing and the torrential rains subsided. Wow. So the rain coming down stopped and that from out from underneath the earth stopped. So the flood gradually receded until 150 days after it began. The boat became the boat came to rest upon the mountains of Ararat. Well, those are fake places. That's not real. Yeah, no. Wait a minute. Ararat is in Turkey. Wow. Okay. Three months later. So if you do the do you do a little time thing here, you got 150 days. The water quit. Okay. Wow. All right. Uh, and then you've got, uh, they landed in at uh, Ararat three months later. Well, that'd be another 90 days, wouldn't it? As the waters continued to go down, other mountain peaks appeared. It's like somebody pulled a plug. Okay. Uh, after another 40 days, Noah opened a porthole. You know, some people are so funny. They'll just, they just do anything. Well, they're not interested. It's just like, you know, I'm an Alabama fan and I'm never going to convince an Auburn fan to be an Alabama fan. They don't care. They're, they're Auburn. I'm Alabama. You know, they, they, they just keep moving the marker. Where'd all the water go? Where'd all the water come from? You know, see, they don't they don't care. They don't pay attention to the earth was filled with crime, and they don't pay attention to God created everything, and he didn't like what was going on here, and boy, that just, I mean, ugh, wow. You know, mankind was going to destroy itself, obviously. But anyway, here we go. Back to this again. So three months later, as the waters continued to go down, other mountain peaks appeared. Uh, after another 40 days, Noah opened a porthole. Wow. Okay. So now you've added all those dates together. We're looking at about nine months so far. Okay. And he released a raven that flew back and forth until the earth was dry. Meanwhile, he sent out a dove to see if it could find dry ground. But the dove found no place to light and returned to Noah, for the water was still too high. So Noah held out his hand and drew the dove back into the boat. Now, why do we have all these details? Well, you know why you have these details? Because it happened. It took place. Wow. Seven days later, Noah released the dove again. Uh, after this time, toward the evening, and the bird returned to him with an olive leaf in her beak. So Noah knew that the water was almost gone. Wow. See, it's starting to go down. <laughs> See, remember, they're on Mount Ararat somewhere. And the water's getting further and further down. Now, a week later, he released the dove again, and this time she didn't come back. 29 days after that. Boy, I had all these numbers together. You get about 11 months or so. 
29 days after that, Noah opened the door to look and the water was gone. Eight more weeks. Wow, there you go. Eight more weeks. Let's see, eight times seven. That'd be 56 days. Isn't that right? Then at last, the earth was dry. Then God told Noah, you may all go out. Release all the animals, birds, reptiles, so that they will breed abundantly and reproduce in great numbers. No, let, me, no, let me back up to verse 16. It says, and, and God told Noah, he said, yeah, right. He just kind of sat on the side of the bed and just talked to him. Yeah. <laughs> now, wait a minute. He's talking all the time. Praise the Lord. He come talk to you too, you know. I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, again, just more things people go, well, that didn't happen. Listen, he came, he showed up to Abraham's house. And what's more important than that is he became flesh and dwelt among us. It's called Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Wow. You know, there was a a guy that came to Jesus one time and said, good master. And Jesus said, there's no one, but uh, only one's good. You know, <laughs> talking about God. But anyway, uh, so if you're calling, he was saying, you're calling, anyway, remember when Jesus healed the paralytic guy, you know, you know, he said, uh, oh, anybody could, you know, say your sins are forgiven. They were all mad because, well, who does he think he is? He's God or somebody he can forgive sins because he told that paralyzed guy, you know, oh, my son, your sins are forgiven. Notice what he said, my son, your sins are forgiven. Wow. The guy didn't even ask. Jesus just said that. Well, apparently it was, he thought it might've been a showstopper. I'll probably never walk. You know, I don't deserve to have good health because, you know, I'm such a bum. Listen, you can drive yourself totally insane thinking that way. You can take yourself completely off the map uh, having Jesus help you just because you're, you think he's not merciful. Listen, we've all blown it. I don't care what you've done. He'll be merciful. Remember the thief on the cross with Jesus? One on one side, one on the right. One of them said, hey, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Well, wait a minute. That's a foul. We never, we didn't get to check and see if this guy's ever going to live right. Listen, it's about trusting the Lord. It's not about you jumping through hoops and doing all these kind of things. Listen, if you're hurting in your body or whatever, quit telling yourself God's not going to help you because you've been such a slimy person and you've been so bad and whatever. It's called repent. Repent just means, look, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that or whatever. But don't take away the mercy that you've got that's coming to you. It's yours. Think about Jonah. Oh, that never happened. It did happen. Go read the story of Jonah. You can read it in a cup and a half of coffee. It won't take you long. It you, flies. Four chapters. Really short. The first chapter, you can take about 10 breaths and it's over with. The second chapter, Jonah is in the middle of this fish. He's being digested. And the last thing he says, he's actually praying the whole time. Well, you'd be praying too. But he says, those that observe lying vanities, he's talking about, if you go look, he's talking about idols or something else. You know, whatever you got that has your attention. Well, I guess God's not going to help me because I'm such a bum. Well, you've made an idol out of what you think God's like. And you're totally wrong because he's merciful. Anyway, Jonah says, those that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. And he says, salvation is of the Lord. And then the next verse says, God spoke to the fish and vomited him out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you can either take it or leave it. You can say, well, I think Jesus will help me or I think he won't. Well, okay. If you think he won't, you can forget it then. Yeah. You think he will? He will. Don't ask anybody. You go talk to the Lord about it. Just like it happened here. Then God told Noah, you may all go out. Verse 15 here. Release all the animals, birds, reptiles, so that they can breed abundantly and reproduce in great numbers. 
So the boat will, the, excuse me, so the boat was soon empty. Noah, his wife, and his sons and their wives all disembarked along with all animals, reptiles, and birds, and all left the ark in pairs and groups. Then Noah built an altar and sacrificed on it some of the animals and birds God had designated for that purpose. And Jehovah, that's the Lord, the Lord was pleased with the sacrifice and said to himself, I will never do it again. I'll never again curse the earth, destroying all living things. Listen to this. Even though man's bent is always toward evil from his earliest youth, from his earliest youth, and even though he does such wicked things. Can you believe that? He just destroyed the whole earth because of that. And now he's saying, I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to do it again. Even though. No, he didn't say, well, as long as Mr. Noah is perfect, everybody just dots their eyes and whatever. No, uh uh-uh. Look at verse 22. As long as the earth remains, there will be springtime and harvest, cold and winter, cold heat and winter and summer, day and night. You ain't going to do global warming. Wow. Look at that. Chapter 9. We're still not done with Noah. <laughs> wow. In chapter 10, you won't be done with Noah. <laughs> anyway, God blessed uh, Noah and his sons and told them to have many children and to repopulate the earth. Oh, please don't give me that. It was all evolution. You know, hey, we all came from monkeys. No, you didn't. Good grief. Just so many lies out there. Go look these things up. You'll find out your next of kin is not a monkey. Man. Your closest DNA is a chicken. Do you know that? No, my DNA is close to the monkey. No, it's not. Mm-mm. Nope. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <clears throat> God blessed Noah and his sons and told them to have many children and to repopulate the earth. All the wild animals and birds and fish will be afraid of you, God told them, for I have placed them in your power and they are yours to use for food in addition to grain and vegetables. Notice he didn't say, except for the catfish and except for the, you know, certain kinds. No, that was later that God did that for Moses just to show them that they were his special people. It's like, they want to wear red? Okay, wear red. It was their uniform. Had nothing to do for health reasons. Yeah, I'm sorry. You can go there if you want to, but it wasn't. Mm-mm. All those other regulations, it was just to isolate them and show them they were God's people for a specific reason. You know, <clears throat> through them, the earth was going to be blessed. Jesus came through them. Anyway, okay. Remember Jesus later on when he said, you know, it's not that which goes into the mouth that defiles a man. It's that which comes out of the mouth that defiles a man, you know. <laughs> It's not what you eat. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be holy if I, you know, don't eat no ham or whatever. Yeah, we still got people in the Baptist church, Methodist church, and whatever church, and they they, they just, I know, I just, I just, I'm hooked on that sausage. And I know I'm probably, just, would you cut that out? <laughs> don't you remember Peter had a vision in the, in the book of Acts, and the sheet was let down, and the Lord said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. <laughs> and he goes, oh, no, no, I'm a Baptist. I can't eat that stuff, you know. <laughs> The Lord says, hey, what I've sanctified is okay, you know. Wow. He said, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. Man. See, we get it backwards when we get away from the Bible now. Yeah, but Dr. So-and-so's an MD and what? It doesn't matter. He wasn't around when the Bible was written. I don't care who you think tells you what about the Bible. Read it yourself. Read it. Keep reading. Don't read it once. Yeah, I read the Bible through. Well, You need to get the Bible through to you. Get it in you all the time. Psalm 1 says, he that meditates in it. And just read it, okay? Keep reading. Let's keep reading here. Genesis chapter 9. So God blessed them, said all wild animals. We read that. Okay, now going down here to verse 4. But never eat animals, 9 chapter 4. 
I mean, 9, verse 4, uh, never eat animals unless their lifeblood has been drained off. And murder is forbidden. Well, why is that? <laughs> well, let's keep reading. Man killing animals must die. Ooh. And any man who murders shall be killed. For to kill a man, listen to this, is to kill one made like God. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't look like God. Oh, yeah, you do too. They brought a coin to Jesus trying to trick him. Should we pay taxes or not? He said, show me a coin. He said, whose image is on this? Whose inscription? They said, Caesar's. And he says, okay, well, render to Caesar's the things that are Caesar and to God the things that are God's. Guess what? You're created in God's image. You and I, we belong to him. Mm, we can either act like it or we don't, have, or we don't, whatever. He said, boy, if you kill a man, you don't, need to, you don't deserve to live because you, you, to kill a man is to kill one made like God. Notice this was all mankind. Yeah, but that one over there, he's certainly not made in God's image. I mean, he's an old cuss. No, he's made in God's image. We all are. Anyway, verse seven. Yes, have many children and repopulate the earth and subdue it. You know, you again, you do the uh, population tables and figure out from this point on, which is very easy to find out when this was. This is about, mm, I think, right at about uh, 2800 B.C., uh, somewhere around there. You have to go back and look. Maybe it's 3,000. No, it would be 3,000. It would be 25,000 or 23,000. I mean, 2300 BC, excuse me. 2,000 something plus years before Jesus, okay? Hey, you do the math. Instead of believing in evolution and man's been here for billions or whatever since however many millions of years, they say. And the earth's been here for 5 billion years old, whatever. You know, listen, if, if that was so, there wouldn't be any room for anybody. But you do the math based on the multiplication tables for population, and it matches just perfectly for the story of the Bible here. See, we're sitting at, what, 7 billion people on the earth today? Back that up, you'll come right back to this right here. Anyway. Whatever, raise rabbits. You can figure this out yourself. Okay, uh, so here we go. So verse seven, yes, have many children, repopulate the earth. And then God told Noah and his sons, I solemnly promise you and your children and the animals you brought with you, all these animals, but all these birds, cattle, and wild animals that I will never again destroy the, uh, I will never send another flood to destroy the earth. Wow, okay. And I seal the promise, I seal this promise with a sign. Now let me stop here just a moment because he's gonna talk about the rainbow. But, you know, some people say, oh, it's a local flood. Oh, what the, why the devil did he have all the animals in the boat for? A local flood? Just ride it out. Whoopee. It wasn't a local flood. It was, it was <laughs> worldwide. This whole place was underwater. You know, you look up sedimentary rock. Where do you find sedimentary rock? Everywhere. It's all over this earth. This place was covered. Okay, anyway, back to this. He said, I set, I, uh, I, and I seal this promise with a seal. With a sign, excuse me, I have placed my rainbow in the clouds as a sign of the promise until the end of time to you and to all the earth. When I send clouds over the earth and the rainbow, the rainbow will be seen in the clouds and I will remember my promise to you and to every being that never again will the floods come and destroy all life. Notice the Lord said he would remember. Of course, we know it's a sign for us, but he said he would remember. Praise God. You see that mercy right there? He's not going to do it again. Anyway, for I will see the rainbow in the cloud and remember my eternal promise to every living being on the earth. You know, you're one of those every living beings. You know that? He said he remember you. He remember his promise to keep you safe. 
Anyway, the names of Noah's three sons, let's make some up. You know, No, they were recorded. They actually have them. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham is the ancestor of the Canaanites. From these three sons of Noah came all the nations of the earth. Oh my gosh, that just can't be so. It is so. Jesus referenced this story. Yeah, but I don't, I don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> oh, really? Well, fine. How do you date your uh, calendar? You need to go back and find out why we dated 2020, you know? I remember my graduation degree. It's, it, the diploma says in the year of our Lord. See, that's where that calendar came from. Somebody was here named Jesus. Somebody so disturbed the place that they decided to start a calendar uh, based on the event that took place. Something happened with that guy here. Anyway, you can go figure it out yourself. But anyway, Noah, look at this. Noah became a farmer and planted a vineyard and he made wine. Oh my gosh. To me, it sounds like God didn't save the right guy. Hmm. You know, wine has got nothing to do with it. Drinking has got nothing to do with it. It's just like we say, well, I'm so glad I don't drink and I don't run around with wild women and all. Come on. Gee. Thank God Jesus went into the, you know, Jesus drank. He said, comparing himself with John the Baptist. He said, John the Baptist didn't eat nor drink. And they said, you know, he was crazy. And he said, I, the son of man, I eat and drink. And y'all call me a glutton and a drunk. That's what Jesus said about himself. Remember he said, I'll not drink the fruit of this vine again until I drink it anew with you in heaven, which was just a little bit later. The king, in the kingdom of God, he said. <laughs> Three days later, whatever. Don't tell me my Jesus drank. Oh, please. He turned the water into wine at a wedding. It wasn't at a communion place. <laughs> and it was the best wine ever. Woo. We make so many rules, you know. God thinks I'm great if I don't do this. No, God thinks you're great because of who you are. You were made. That's why he thinks you're great. Anyway. Noah became a farmer and he planted a vineyard and he, and he made wine. One day as he was drunk and lay naked in his tent. Oh my gosh. So now we got a pervert and a drunk. Oh my God. God, this is hopeless. Let's hold on a minute. Come on. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his his father's nakedness and he went outside and told his two brothers. I guess he was laughing about it or whatever. So then Shem and Shapheth, they took a robe and held it over their shoulders and walking backwards into the tent, let it fall across their father to cover his nakedness as they looked the other way. Oh, we ain't gonna look at dad while he's naked. That's what they were doing. When Noah awoke from his drunken stupor and learned what happened, learned what happened, excuse me, and, and learned what had happened and what Ham, his younger son, had done, he cursed Ham's descendants. Oh my God, Noah is, he's running around naked. He's drunk. And now he's cursing his kids. Oh, my God. We need to send him to anger management. Oh, man. Do you know it's not about that? This is history. We're just recording, or we're just reading what was recorded. Well, let's keep reading. What was it? A curse upon the Canaanites, he swore. May they be the lowest of slaves. Oh, my God. I, 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 can't, I can't read the Bible anymore. Uh, no such thing as slaves anymore. We had to stamp that completely. Listen. Good and faithful servant, praise the Lord. Hmm. I mean, you're just going to choke yourself if you just make your, you're trying to create a world where there's, where we don't talk about slaves and whatever, you know, oh my God, you're kidding. You mean Abram had slaves? Yeah, he had a mess of them. Pharaoh gave him a bunch of slaves on account of his wife, Sarah. Yeah. Anyway, 
whatever. To the descendants of Shem and Japheth, then he said, God bless Shem and may Canaan be his slave. Oh my God, there's the word slave again. <laughs> well, obviously this is gonna, this is gonna hit uh, uh, Ham and his descendants. But anyway, let's keep reading. And, and, may, and God bless Japheth. Let him be share the prosperity of Shem and let Canaan be his slave. Oh God. Now get this. Noah lived another 350 years after the flood and was 950 years old at his death. Good grief. He gets rewarded for 350 more years after he cursed his son, ran around naked, and he was drinking. Were you going to extend your life? You think you're going to cut your life short because you were so ugly as a teenager or whatever? You, you know, you need to get your eyes back over on mercy. Chapter 10. These are the families of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, who were the three sons of Noah, for the sons were born to them after the flood. You mean there was no flood? It was just a local flood. It was all fake. No, it wasn't a fake. Wow. The sons of Japheth were Gomer, Magog, Madiah, Javan, Tubal, Meshes, Tyrus, the sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Rithav, Gatorma, the sons of Javan, Elisha. Look, they had the records. I guess so. It'd be pretty easy. Started over with one. I actually started over with eight, right? Kittim, Dodanim, their descendants became the maritime nations in various lands, each with a separate language. Hmm. The sons of Ham were Cush, Mizram, Put, Canaan. The sons of Cush were Seba, Havilah, Sabta, Ramah. Sab uh, Richard, you're not going to keep reading it. Look, read the Bible. Watch what's coming. The beauty of this is not just, oh, the genealogies, the records. See, I'm an Adair. I can only go back about five, and I don't know where the rest of them went. Thank God we can track here and see where these guys were. And it's true. Jesus is in this genealogy, too. Anyway, the sons of Ramah were Sheba, Dedan. One of the descendants of Cush was Nimrod. Now, remember, we're looking at Shem. I mean, excuse me, at uh, uh, Ham, the one that was cursed by Noah, <laughs> Oh, he's a loser now. No, he's not. Look at this. God will bless anybody in any nation that will uh, trust him. Anyway, one of the descendants of Cush was Nimrod. You ever heard of him? Yes, a historical figure outside of the Bible, who became the first of the kings. He was a mighty hunter, blessed of God. How can he be blessed? Because, well, remember, it was Noah that cursed him. It wasn't God. <laughs> And his name became proverbial. People would speak of someone as being like Nimrod, a mighty hunter, blessed of God. And he was in that bunch was supposed to be cursed. Praise the Lord. You know, it's hope for all of us. Verse 10, the heart of his empire included Babel, Erech, Akkad, Kalneh, and the land of Shinar. From there, he extended his reign to Assyria. Well, that's, that's a fairy tale place. No, it's not. We know where Assyria is. He built Nineveh, uh, Rehobothar, Kela, Rezin, which is located between Nineveh and Kaifa, uh, Caleph, the, the main city of the empire. Nineveh, that's where Jonah wound up going to preach. Remember that? Mizra was the ancestor of the people inhabiting those era, er, areas. Ludim, Anamim, uh, Lahab, Naphtahim, Pathrusim, Kalusim, from whom came the Philistines and Keturah. Canaan's oldest son was Sidon, and he also was the father of Heth. From Canaan descended these nations. See if you recognize these. Jebusites, Amorites, Girgashites, Hivites, Archites, Sinites, Avardites, Zemorites, Hamathites. See, same ones that Abraham encountered later on, which God said he would throw them out of the promised land, these nations, so that Abraham and the Israelites could go there. Anyway, 
Next verse, eventually the descendants of Canaan spread from Sidon all the way to Gerar in the Gaza Strip and to Sodom and Gomorrah and Adma and Zabor and Lashon. Notice the phrase Gaza Strip. We hear that today. Mm-hmm. Still the same. It's out there. These then were the descendants of Ham spread abroad in many lands and nations with many languages. I don't know where all these people came from. It was just evolution. No one. He just explained it to us right here. Then he goes on and says, here's a list of Shem's other descendants. Elam, Asher, Arpachshad, Lud, Aram. Aram's two sons were Uz, Hol, Gether, Mash. Arpachshad's son was Shelah, and Shelah's son was Eber. Two sons were born to Eber. Look at this. Pegleg meaning, divi- Peleg, <laughs> Pegleg, excuse me. Peleg, meaning division. For during his lifetime, the people of the world were separated and dispersed. Now they call this name Peleg, meaning dispersed. Looks like something happened to the structure of the land. Yep. Probably did. Wow. Could have had a continent split somehow or whatever. Could have. Joktan was the father of Almadaz, Shelef, Har, Marazef, Jared, Hodorim, Uzal, Dikla, Obal, Abamah, Sheba, Ophar, Havilah, Jobah. Okay. These descendants of Joktan lived all the way from the marsh, from Misha to the eastern hills of Safar. These then were descendants of Shem, classified according to their political groupings, languages, and geological locations. All these men, look at this, all of the men listed above descended from Noah through many generations living in the various nations that developed after the flood. I don't get it. Oh, yeah, you do. Perfectly laid out. Wow. We're not going to go through this. We need to stop. But if I start in chapter 11, it just at that time, in other words, when we just made that last statement, uh, all mankind spoke a single language. And as the population grew and spread eastward, a plain was discovered in the land of Babylon. We know if we've heard where that is. And it was soon thickly populated. Makes sense. The people who lived there began to talk about building a great city with a temple tower reaching to the skies, a proud eternal monument to themselves. This will weld us together, they said. And keep us from scattering all over the world. So they made great piles of hard-burned brick and collected bitumen to use as mortar. But when God came down to see the city and the tower mankind was making, he said, Look, if they're able to accomplish all this when they have just begun to export their, exploit their linguistic and political unity, just think of what they will do later. Nothing will be unattainable for them. Come, let's go down and give them different languages so that they won't understand each other's work. So in that way, God scattered them all over the earth, and that ended the building of the city. Well, I always wonder where them dead burden, uh, you know, people came from over there in uh, South America, or even Australia, or even, hey, I don't know where they come from over there, uh, you know, them Eskimos. They're just, you know, they was, how do you explain that? Here's how you explain all this. All right, people weren't, they weren't, they weren't flying around in jets, but they still got around. Hmm. We already read about the maritime nations. They're on boats, carrying on, whatever. Okay, here we go. So anyway, uh, he goes on. So in that way, God scattered them, and that ended, that ended the building of the city. And that's why the city was called Babel, meaning confusion. I mean, why name a city after a place of event that didn't happen? Anyway, uh, because it was there that Jehovah confused them, giving them many languages, thus widely scattering them across the face of the earth. Shem's line uh, of the descendants included Arpachshed, born two years after the flood, when Shem was 100 years old. After that, he lived another 500 years and had many sons and daughters. Now, how'd they know that? They kept records. When Arpachshed was 35 years old, his son Shelah was born. After that, he lived another 403 years, had many sons and daughters. Now, let me speed ahead a little bit, but anyway, if you go on down here to about uh, 26, by the time Terah was 70 years old, he had three sons. (gasps) 
Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Recognize one of those names? Yeah, Abram. And anyway, if you keep on going here, uh, look at verse 30. No, no, verse 29. Meanwhile, Abram married his half-sister Sarah. Here's where the story of Abraham comes from. You know, the Bible's a whole lot shorter book than we give it credit for at times, you know. You take time to read it, you see how it all fits together, history from beginning to end. Anyway, we better stop. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord. If we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. You took care of Noah in the flood. Praise the Lord. Kept his family safe. You'll take care of us. Uh, in our bodies, whatever we're ailing with or anything, you'll fix that. So, Lord, if we're hurting financially, you'll fix that too. Praise the Lord. Maybe if it's not financing, maybe it's not our bodies are hurting. It's just some other big problem we've got. Well, what could be greater than a flood? <laughs> That's a pretty bad disaster coming. But God saved Noah and his three sons and their wives and his wife. And he'll save us too. So, Lord, we just thank you. No matter what burden we got, you'll fix it for us. We just thank you for it. So that didn't leave anything left. But for us to leave details, just like we see in the scriptures about this story, this event that happened, and it's a definite uh, uh, thing that took place. And we thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.